Hi, I'm Taylor, and welcome to the TD Nutrition Podcast. Hi, welcome to episode nine, Diabetes. This episode has been uh, highly requested multiple times, um, so I thought I would finally do an episode on it. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about type 2 diabetes, prediabetes, and hypoglycemia. I will give a little introduction, then I'll talk about what causes diabetes, I'll then talk about the symptoms of diabetes, how to improve your diagnosis, foods that help, foods to avoid, and herbs that may help. In this episode, I'm not going to talk about every single uh, detail about diabetes. I feel like those who are familiar with it or going through it have heard the mainstream points about it so many times. I really want to touch on stuff that's not really discussed as often as often and things that may be maybe information you've not heard before that could actually be really helpful and um, help you heal that much faster and that much better. Because we do know that pre-diabetes and type 2 diabetes is in fact reversible. It's just a matter of really finding what the root cause is for you and working towards improving that and then minimizing the symptoms and healing. And I will talk more about uh, root causes um, a little later in the episode. So let's get started. So I touched on diabetes in like the gut health and probiotics episodes because we do know that gut health is strongly linked to prediabetes and type 2 diabetes. Um, That if you focus on improving your gut health, that a lot of times prediabetes is reversible. So there is a strong uh, link there. Um, We know that 35 million people have type 2 diabetes and 95 million people have prediabetes. We know that glucose is what every organ in our body uses for fuel. Glucose is needed for building and maintaining muscle, which is why fruit is very important when you're trying to build muscle and you're working out a lot much more important than protein just thought i'd throw that in there Uh, glucose also helps with repairing damaged tissue and cells and anytime you eat food our bodies break that food down into glucose and with the help of our pancreas our pancreas detects that there's been a rise in glucose therefore it starts producing insulin and then the insulin tells the cells in our blood that we need to absorb this glucose so we can use it. Insulin is crucial to our bodies absorbing the energy in the foods that we eat. Our body is designed to deal with a normal amount of glucose coming in. So this would be like a normal sized meal, a you know, a healthy meal. Our bodies aren't designed to deal with a ton of glucose coming in. So when our bodies have way more glucose coming in than our cells know what to do with, the pancreas is producing producing insulin without any glucose being absorbed because there's just too much. 
And this, this happens when you eat a heavy meal that's high in both sugar and fat, not just sugar, sugar and fat. So this could be something like pork ribs covered in barbecue sauce. Pork ribs tend to be pretty high in fat. Barbecue sauce has a lot of sugar in it. Um, it could be a hamburger with a highly processed white bread bun with a side of French fries and ketchup. Most ketchup has high fructose corn syrup in it or even just processed sugar. Another example could be eggs and bacon with a side of pancakes. And while maple syrup is healthy for you, is it your own personal maple syrup? Are you eating out and using the restaurant's maple syrup? Because a lot of times it's not real maple syrup at a restaurant. It's colored high fructose corn syrup. So meals like that cause this huge spike in insulin because now there's all this glucose that our body just doesn't know what to do with. It's not designed to handle all of that at one time. So as a result, all this extra glucose gets stored in the liver because it can't be absorbed by the body. There's just too much. So if you have a healthy liver function, your liver will take this extra glucose and it'll store it and use it as energy for a day when you go a long time between meals or you have an intense workout. But unfortunately, most of our livers don't function properly. And this is because every single day, our livers are bombarded with toxins that enter our body like heavy metals, plastics, other chemicals, which I talked a lot about toxins in the last three episodes. So if you listen to those, you know what I'm talking about. And on top of that, most of us don't even eat properly. So it causes our livers to get really sluggish and they don't work as efficiently. So then when you eat this super heavy meal that's high in fat and sugar, that extra glucose isn't even getting stored in the liver the way it should be. And then it just gets stored on our body as fat and we start gaining weight. And in addition to weight gain, it starts creating problems. And so if you eat meals like this too frequently, your pancreas will start to produce less and less insulin, which creates insulin resistance, which people can have insulin resistance and not have diabetes. Usually insulin resistance is kind of like a sign that you're headed in that direction. Though I know that a lot of times women who have PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, they have insulin resistance. Um, so like if you have PCOS, one of the things to work on is improving your insulin resistance. So if you're listening to this episode and you don't have prediabetes or type 2 diabetes, but you have insulin resistance and you know maybe you have PCOS and you have insulin resistance from that, this episode actually will be very helpful for you. So when you have insulin, insulin resistance and your pancreas isn't making enough insulin, it causes you to feel dehydrated and thirsty all the time and you urinate more often. And this is because you have all this excess glucose in the body and there's no insulin allowing that glucose to be absorbed. So your body needs to get rid of it some way. So you start urinating a lot to get rid of that glucose. So you're becoming dehydrated because you're urinating more. If in fact the pancreas is not making enough insulin when you need it to, and you do have insulin resistance, you can get really high blood glucose levels, which that makes you at risk for type two diabetes. So now let's talk about what causes diabetes. So the adrenal glands actually play a role in developing diabetes, which it's something that's not discussed enough. 
The adrenal glands are responsible for producing adrenaline, which adrenaline is needed in times of stress. So if something traumatic happens, they produce adrenaline. Um, If you're working out intensely, they produce adrenaline. Um, But sometimes they're forced to work when there is no stressor present. I'll I'll talk more about the adrenal glands um, in a later episode because I am going to talk about adrenal fatigue, which talks more about the exact function of the adrenals. Um, So if there's not a stressor present and the adrenals are producing adrenaline when they don't need to, um, this unnecessarily adrenaline, unnecessary adrenaline in the body can actually cause damage to our pancreas. And you can also have the opposite issue where the adrenal glands are underperforming and they aren't making enough adrenaline, which causes the pancreas to have to overproduce insulin in an effort to like keep some sort of balance in the body. Um, so if one of these issues is happening, whether it's too much adrenaline or not enough adrenaline, it's damaging the pancreas, making it hard for your body to properly absorb glucose in the bloodstream. So something to think about if you are struggling with type 2 diabetes or prediabetes is your adrenal gland health. And there are ways that you can support your adrenal glands so that they do function properly. One of the things that happens before being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes is having a fluctuating but low glucose level, which this is called hypoglycemia. And this is showing basically that there's a big issue going on, that your body is having a difficult time managing glucose the way that it should be. And this can also ha- can happen if you've dealt with an eating disorder. Um, eating disorders like anorexia specifically can do a great deal of damage on the pancreas. And it's because when you're anorexic, there are these long dry spells where you're not eating. So there's no glucose coming in at all. And so the pancreas isn't able to do its job. So then you're creating damage because there are these long glucose dry spells. And this leads me to say, be cautious with intermittent fasting because there are right ways to do it and there are wrong ways to do it. So if you're doing intermittent fasting incorrectly, you could be straining your pancreas, causing unwanted damage. And I'm going to do an episode on intermittent fasting because I'm not against intermittent fasting. I think that it has a lot of pros, but what worries me is when people aren't doing it right you are creating a lot of damage that could catch up to you later and you really don't want that. So the next topic of things that cause diabetes um, is going to be sugar. But there is a misconception that sugar alone with no exercise causes diabetes, which it does, but it's not really sugar alone. When you combine sugar and fat, it strains our organs even more, especially the liver. And I talked a little bit about this in the sugar episode, so I'll discuss it again since it's applicable here. Processed sugar, it spikes our insulin levels more than what's normal for our bodies. When eating healthy foods, it spikes in a normal range. Then when you take sugar, processed sugar, and you combine that with a fat, like when you eat ice cream, cookies, donuts, cakes, etc., the fat in these foods, it's usually not even a healthy fat, It strains our liver and pancreas. So you have this combination of insulin levels being too high from the sugar. Your liver and pancreas have to work extra hard to get this food you just ate out of your body. And it's just not healthy. 
So while sugar is unhealthy, fats add to the problem that sugar creates. When you eat things like this too often, you develop insulin resistance like I just discussed. And like I also had mentioned in the sugar episode, large heavy meals followed up by glucose dry spells because you're not eating in between, that can eventually result in type 2 diabetes. So this could be eating a really big breakfast and just deciding you're not going to eat anything until dinner because you had a really big breakfast. But that's actually worse on the pancreas and the liver. Another example could be eating a really big, unhealthy dinner or cheat meal, and you just decide that you're not going to eat anything the next day because you had such a big meal the night before. That also makes things worse. And again, the more often you do that puts you at a higher risk for developing type 2 diabetes. So like I had said previously, if you are going to have a cheat meal or like an unhealthy meal here and there, that's fine. But the best thing that you could do after that is just eating lots of healthy foods the rest of the day or lots of healthy foods the next day. You don't want to like fast after. That's not good. The silver lining to all of this is that type 2 diabetes, prediabetes, and hypoglycemia is totally reversible. It just takes a lot of diligence and consistency to do that. But again, it's completely possible. You would focus on taking care of your gut health and eating foods that promote the growth of good bacteria in your gut, taking a good quality probiotic. You would work to bring inflammation down in your body so that things can heal and function normally. So this would be following an anti-inflammatory diet, which I did a whole episode on. And then... Depending on your individual situation, your doctor may prescribe you insulin, which insulin does help to lower your glucose levels, um, but it doesn't address the adrenal glands, your damaged pancreas, or an underactive liver, which those things could be the root cause. So while insulin is helpful at managing your symptoms, it's not addressing the deeper issue that's causing you to have diabetes. And so that's why with any illness, um, the finding the root cause is everything because it's the difference between healing or just managing and coping with the symptoms. So now let's talk about symptoms of diabetes. First is unusual thirst. Due to the fact that your body is using extra water to get rid of the excess glucose through your urine, this is gonna make you more thirsty than normal. Blurry vision, when you're dehydrated, your body starts to pull water from your eyes to help flush out the extra glucose. Unusual hunger, because your cells aren't getting all the glucose that they need to fuel themselves, you start to feel more hungry than normal or hungry at weird times. Fatigue and irritability, so cells aren't getting fueled because they're not getting all the glucose that they need and then it causes you to feel tired and irritable. Digestive problems. The pancreas is also responsible for making enzymes that help our bodies to break down foods. And without this enzyme, it becomes harder to digest everything that we put into our bodies. And we know that the levels of bad bacteria in our guts are a factor of diabetes. And not having the proper enzymes to digest foods puts further strain on the gut, creating more gut imbalance. The next is hypoglycemia, which 
I mentioned. So these blood sugar drops are the result of our livers being weak and not functioning properly, as well as underactive adrenal glands. And lastly, insulin resistance. So less insulin produced by the pancreas when it's needed is insulin resistance. Now we're going to talk about how to improve your diabetes. So for starters, you're going to want to work to support your adrenal glands. When supporting your adrenal glands, you want to eat every two hours. And it doesn't have to be a big meal or anything, just something to fuel you, something to give you some glucose to keep going so it doesn't strain the adrenal glands. So this could be things like dates, apples, small handful of nuts, berries, ideally fruit because fruit will keep your blood sugar levels balanced and give you energy. Another thing to improve your diabetes is to eat fruit. So fruit is your friend. Oftentimes when someone is diagnosed with prediabetes or type 2 diabetes, they are told to avoid sugar and they're told that fruit is the same thing, therefore don't eat fruit. Um, But we know fruit is not the same as processed sugar if you listen to the fruit episode. Um, So fruit will not do harm if you have prediabetes or type 2 diabetes. It actually helps create balance in your body and helps you heal. Fruit is great at improving gut health, which we know that better gut health reverses prediabetes and type 2 diabetes. And lastly, you would want to follow an anti-inflammatory diet because this gives your body an opportunity to heal. When you bring down inflammation, the body can repair itself. And if you want to know more about the anti-inflammatory diet, check out my episode that's all about the anti-inflammatory diet. So now let's talk about foods that help heal diabetes. The foods I'm about to mention um, are specific to healing diabetes, but also I mentioned a ton of foods in the anti-inflammatory episode, and all those foods would apply as well. These are probably just the top foods in regards to diabetes. So we have wild blueberries, which we know wild blueberries are different than regular blueberries. Regular blueberries are healthy, but wild blueberries just have much higher antioxidant and detoxing properties. Spinach, fresh celery juice on an empty stomach. So in past episodes, I've said 16 ounces of celery juice on an empty stomach. But if you're dealing with pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes, you're going to want to work your way up to 32 ounces because you're going to need a little bit extra boost, basically. But you don't have to start with 32 ounces in the beginning. Like start with 16 and then work your way up. Papayas are great. Sprouts, kale, raspberries, and asparagus. So now let's talk about foods to avoid if you have diabetes. Cheese, milk, cream, butter, eggs, processed oils, overusing olive oil, avocado oil, and coconut oil. Some of those three oils is okay, but be aware how often and how much you're consuming them because if you consume too much, it's going to create problems. And then avoid all processed sugars, except for raw honey and fruit. Lastly, I am going to discuss herbs that may help. And like any herbs or supplements, if you are taking um, any prescription medications, you would want to ask your doctor if these are okay, just to make sure that they don't conflict with something that you're already taking. 
because I'm not a doctor and I wouldn't know what conflicts with what, if at all, but it's always safe just to check. So first we have zinc. Zinc supports the pancreas, the adrenal glands, and it helps to stabilize blood sugar levels. Uh, a little unrelated, but zinc is also great at um, fighting off viruses in the body and preventing viruses from growing in the body. Um, so taking a daily zinc supplement is a great thing to do to protect yourself against like the flu or COVID-19. The next is chromium. Chromium helps to stabilize insulin levels. It also supports the pancreas and adrenal glands. Spirulina, preferably Hawaiian spirulina, it stabilizes blood sugar and helps the adrenal glands. Silica, silica helps the pancreas to release insulin properly. Magnesium, magnesium soothes the digestive tract and calms the adrenals. Vitamin D3 reduces inflammation and helps the pancreas and adrenal glands. Barley grass juice powder helps to lower inflammation. Rosehip tea, hibiscus tea, nettle leaf tea, and chaga mushroom are all great things to add in. That wraps up today's episode. Uh, and again, that's not all the information about diabetes. There's so much more. It's just the information that I felt um, was the most interesting and stuff that isn't talked about enough in regards to diabetes. So I wanted to put that out there. Um, and if you are dealing with prediabetes or type 2 diabetes, those are definitely situations where I would want to work with someone one-on-one -on -one because it is so complex and it's much better for me to like look at like all the little details and kind of the daily routines and all the different stuff that's being eaten and taken to make the most difference. But hopefully um, the information in this episode um, is helpful for you. As always, thanks for listening.